Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is indeed our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to use the brilliant checks and balances our founding fathers put in place to restore the republic using the supreme law of the land. We reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Lowell Nelson is with me as he is every Monday. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, good to be with you, Sam. Thanks for having me. Man, there's so much to discuss today, such little time, but I really do want to point people to last hour. Man, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, as always. We also had on Sheriff Richard Mack, and we had on Polk County, Wisconsin, Sheriff Brent Walk tells the ATF to go pound sand. Sheriff says he will not enforce ATF's rule on pistol braces, and he's saying he'd like to see some criminals arrested for their continued abuse of our God-given rights. He will stand um, and defend uh, and protect uh, his citizens from the general government abuse, overreach, whatever you want to call it uh, there, and he will interpose. God bless Sheriff Walk. Uh, anyway, that's pretty cool, uh, Lowell. That's right, man. We love that kind of a sheriff, a constitutional sheriff. We need more of them, and we need citizen support of them, too. They need to know that their citizens support constitutional sheriffs so that they will uh, be emboldened to take a firm stand against the tyranny of the general government. Right on, Sam. And we're still under siege, unfortunately. What are we, halfway through the legislative session? 21 days, three <laughs> weeks or whatever it is in, so that's about halfway, right? Yeah, that's right, halfway. We, yeah, we're still oh, embroiled boy, in the battle. It's been brutal, sir. <laughs> yes. yes, it has. I want to start out with a little bit of good news, though. HB 131, which is a vaccine passport prohibition bill, that passed the Utah House last week, uh, 60 to 13. When that's a, that's good news. It awaits consideration now in the Senate Health and Human Services Committee. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> this bill, this bill is a pretty good bill. It does the following. It makes it unlawful for a place of public accommodation to discriminate against an individual based on that individual's immunity status. <clears throat> It prohibits a government entity from requiring proof of immunity status. It makes it unlawful discrimination for an employer to require proof of immunity status. And it prohibits a government entity or employer from requiring an individual to receive a vaccine <clears throat> or a clot shot, you know, mRNA injection, basically. In short, Sam, this bill would prohibit private employers from requiring a vaccine as a condition of employment or patronage. Now, Sam, there are those who oppose this bill, and they are the ones who argue that it infringes the rights of business owners to discriminate as they wish. And they suggest that those who object to vaccine passports should use persuasion and the market to fight back rather than weaponizing the state against business owners. Now, I'm somewhat sympathetic 
to that position. I don't want government to come down with its iron fist and say, businesses, you know, you have to do this or you cannot do that, right? I mean, so it's kind of a fine line or it's a balancing act, I think. We, and I think that's a question we have to address. How do we balance an individual's right to privacy with a business owner's right of association, you know? And, uh, but in my mind, to the extent that a business is a fictional person, I believe that an individual's right to privacy trumps a business's right to association. But I'm open on this, Sam, and I'm curious. How do you propose to balance these rights, Sam? I, I like a lot of the bill. There's a lot of the bill I disagree with for the exact uh, reasons and points you're making. I've got some ideas, though, and it's fairly libertarian in focus. It's constitutionally relevant in focus as well. I have the right to be secure in my persons, papers, effects, etc. Now, I know they try to play games and say that applies when you're in your home, not when you're out in public and everything. I don't, know, I don't believe in that. They didn't put a lot of uh, restrictions or manipulations or infringements on my right to privacy. So I, as an individual, have a right to privacy, and government should not violate that right in any way. So I think we do prohibit government from doing these things, and I support that completely. Now, when it comes to a private business, a private business should be able to do what they want. Now, I don't like the word discriminate because I don't think that's fair if I say, hey, I don't want you to come into my business if you're vaccinated or not. Now, listen carefully. I should be able to say that. I have that right. It's my property. And uh, whether you bring a gun on my property, whether you're uh, whatever, I should have the right to do what I want to with my property. All right. But here's how we avoid the, the, the battle between privacy, personal privacy, and property rights. You can say that I can't come on your property if I'm not vaccinated. You have that right. But you'll never know if I'm vaccinated or not because you don't have the right or the authority to find out. So if you want to say, hey, we're going to ask you, and I can say none of your business, then you can decide to kick me out if you want. If I say, yes, I am, and you decide to let me in, or no, I'm not, and you kick me out, that's your right. But you don't have any right to determine if I'm vaccinated or not. So I balance them by saying, look, if you want to say you're blind, and we don't like blind people in our restaurants, uh, blind people tend to knock over drinks, uh, more than others. We're not We're not letting you in our restaurant. I think it's wrong, but I think that a business has every right to say that. So a business cannot know your vaccination status, uh, but they can say, hey, we're just going to ask you. And you can lie and say, oh, yeah, of course I'm vaccinated and roll in there if you want to. Or you can tell the truth and see if they'll kick you out or whatever they do. Uh, but I don't think that one needs to rob the other, and I don't think we always have to balance these rights. We seem to think somehow that we have to decide everything for everybody else. Or that the government has to decide, right? I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. The government doesn't need to decide this. For over 200 years in America, Lowell, the government hasn't decided this. Nobody's decided this. It's never been an issue. So now that it's an issue, why do we have to decide it at a government, a state, a federal, a somebody level? Why do we think we always have to do that? I submit that we don't. So my privacy is uh, protected already is businesses are free to do whatever the heck they want to you own a business what do you want to do whatever you want to do do it and you say well sam they can say you know you're mm, over five nine we don't like tall people in our restaurants there they should be able to say that 
Okay, we don't have the right to destroy the individual's beliefs, whether they were religious or otherwise, the right to conscience. We don't have the ability to uh, violate their privacy rights. So I simply say we prohibit government, as this bill purports to do, and we leave business out of it. And if a business wants to make up some arcane whatever, put it on the sign. We won't let unvaccinated people in our restaurant. That's fine. Let the court of public opinion either ridicule them or reward them. Uh, and let the chips fall where they may, sir. What do you think of that answer? Well, I like it for the most part. Uh, let me ask you another question. Intermountain Healthcare was requiring all of their doctors and nurses, you know, personnel who worked for IHC. Now, that's a private business, right? It's not a government entity. That's a, that's that's a private. kind of. I know what you're saying, but it's kind of true. They're so yeah, subsidized and manipulated and controlled by government. What you're saying is yeah. mostly correct, but it's fascist. Yeah. Uh, in nature, so it's not totally true, but I get your point. Yeah, and so they were requiring their personnel to get the clot shot, take the jab, or lose their job, right? Sure, they can do that and, if they want to. <clears throat> well, uh, not necessarily, right? They have a contract to say, I'm employed with IHC, and then they come along and say, you got to get the clot shot. That's an ex post facto regulation. Yeah, so they've changed the contract, and now I can sue them for changing the contract. Yeah, for breach of contract. That's yeah, right. Because, yeah. And sure. so, so I'm saying they can do that and they can get sued and they can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's where okay. we think we have to always decide this. We've already got laws in the books if you harm me for me to sue you and get a redress of grievance. And if I win, mm-hmm. I can win lots of money from you. If I lose, then I lose. Mm-hmm. But let's let okay. the court of opinion uh, be the answer. So pretty soon, what if, uh, you know, nobody will work at that place and pretty soon they don't have any employees. They either go out of business. Or they go ahead and decide they're going to solve it, right? Mm-hmm. So what about the business, yeah. uh, like a big business that uh, says you can't uh, come uh, armed with a gun, right? I mean, onto our, our property. Um, but I, I think Utah law says, you know, if, if you're a concealed carry weapon permit holder, you can be on our, you can be anywhere, you know, with a with And a the gun. government has no authority to violate property rights on my behalf. So right, the government so can the say property. you can carry a gun anywhere, but they can't carry, say that they can carry a gun on somebody's private property. The government has no authority to do that. So if they are saying that, which is the case now, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that they are, but they need to stop. We need to change the law to stop that. The general government and the state governments, they don't have the authority to violate my private property. If I say no well, guns on my private property, they can't mandate yes. I agree for uh, if it's on private property, but what if it's on property of, like what they call a public accommodation? So uh, like Lowe's, the parking lot of Lowe's or, or Home Depot or something. I mean, I don't know if that's private property. I mean, it's under con- the control of a private business, but I still have the right to carry a weapon you know, on my person, even though I'm on uh, you know, property controlled by a business, right? Well, you're spot on. Let's talk about it right after the pause, because you're spot on right. So I'm going to bring up my previous example to hammer home the point. Lowell Nelson with us, ladies and gentlemen, campaign for liberty. Are we talking about just vaccines? In part, we're talking about where rights clash. And how do you handle that, huh? Liberty Roundtable Live. 
Small Business Tech Guys has a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live. Lowell Nelson's with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the Utah legislative session. I call it We're Under Siege. We're halfway through. We're talking specifically about this bill that, for the most part, is a good bill, right? Yeah, U- it is, or for Utah the most part. HB 131, basically vaccine passport prohibition. This bill prohibits the use of a vaccine passport in the state of Utah. Uh, um, I like the bill in general because I like the idea that you can not mandate passports. And I don't think the government should mandate passports. But oftentimes we want to just think something has to be legal or illegal. And the government must decide and the government must decide now. And my response is I don't think so. I don't think the government has to decide every issue. I don't, I don't think that at all. So uh, we were going back to the gun rights issue. And you're out in the parking lot, and it's Lowe's parking lot, so it's kind of a private business, but yet it's a public parking lot. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I don't know, um, you know, let's say you have a gun. Should they be able to keep, kick you off their property? And when rights clash like that, somebody has to decide. And who is that that has to decide? The general government needs to stay out of it because the general government has no authority in the jurisdiction of a county and a state. So that's the first statement I would make. The second statement I would make is that counties and states have a lot more latitude than your general government does. And a lot of these things have not been codified in law. 
when privacy rights, when your right to keep or to do something becomes infringed by someone else, what right takes precedent is the, the real question, right? Mm-hmm. And I personally believe in this case property rights take precedent. And you can say, well, wait a minute, it's a public realm. Yes, but if I have a concealed gun and I go into your store, you don't even know, first of all. Mm-hmm. If I carry the gun openly, you do know and you can stop me. Uh, so there's kind of the balance. If you say everybody named Sam can't be on my property, well, then if I just walk in and say my name's Frank, you know, you can't stop me from lying. Or is it lying? What if my middle name's Frank? And I go by Frank sometimes. See, so what, I, what I'm getting at is that we, we want these absolutes and we want to control everybody and we want laws to dictate all this. I don't think we need laws to dictate all this. Let's say that Lowe's, just for instance, decides you can't have guns on my property. And the state says you can have guns everywhere. Let the American people decide. If enough people who want guns, whenever they go to Lowe's, speak up, Lowe's will change their view or suffer the, quote, economic consequences of their actions. Pretty soon, everyone's going to go to gun-friendly Lowe's, some other business, right? Uh, we're we're um, gun-friendly uh, construction store, and everybody will go there. So we, we can let the court of public opinion and let common heads prevail. We don't have to always decide everything. That's the problem with government is they want to decide everything. We don't need to. So then let's say it's not decided and Lowe's gets belligerent and says, you can't have a gun on my parking lot. And I say, yes, I can. The state said I could everywhere. Let us go to court. That's where redress of grievances are solved, Lowell. Well, yeah, you make some really great points. I'm now thinking about the military. Excuse me. The military was... uh, well, according to Biden, anyway, required to take the class shot or lose their... Yep, and we um, can deny government from doing that, and this bill is perfect in that regard. Hey, you know what? In the state of Utah, you're not going to prohibit uh, people or force people to be vaccinated. You're not going to force people to have some passport uh, to live life either. So I have no problem restricting the government in that realm. I just have a problem getting in the middle of the private affairs of individuals and businesses and pretending that the government knows all and can decide all. If we don't have the authority to give that to government, we don't have the authority. So I have the authority to tell government to shut down and stop, but I don't have the authority mm-hmm. to tell an individual or a business, though. I just don't. Yeah, you know, I was encouraged uh, last year, maybe two years ago now, but right in the smack in the middle of the so-called pandemic, there was a private school in Florida. I think we even talked about this, discussed it on the show probably, that said we will hire only teachers who have not been vaccinated. And, and, you know, you can wear a mask if you want in our school, but we are not requiring anybody in our private school to wear a mask. And, and so they attracted uh, a lot of, of, of people to their school because they did, you know, everybody who attended the school knew that the, all the, the personnel at the school had not been vaccinated. So they didn't risk, you know, any, uh, you know, any problems from shedding and, and stuff like that. Now, that was a private business that said, look, we're going to hire based on the fact that you have not t- taken the jab, right, the cost shot. And, you know, I think they have the, the perfect right to do that. I think that's their, their business right. Just like, you know, Hooters, if they want to hire, hire only young women, uh, you know, to work in their restaurants, I think that's their right. You know, it's an owner's right to associate with, with, how, with whoever he chooses to hire. 
right? And so, you know, I I'm, I'm I really come down pretty 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 adamantly, pretty strongly on a side of, of businesses. Um, and and so there's some parts of this bill that that I, I do disagree with. You know, I mean, the part that makes uh, says uh, unlawful discrimination for an employer to require proof of immunity status. Right. I mean, I, I kind of think with you, Sam, that an employer can ask. Right. Um, if, if he's thinking about hiring somebody, I, I think he can ask. Now, there's some states that say you can't even ask. You know, that's like, you know, uh, asking your gender, or asking your. Yes. Yeah, and I disagree you know, with that, too, though. You can ask if you want to. You should have the freedom to ask. And then I yeah, might come but, back to you and say, yes, I am vaccinated. But there's some states Even though I'm that, not, because I might say I have natural immunity vaccinations. See, the vaccinations yeah. that people are peddling aren't even vaccinations anyway. So the <laughs> truth right. is anybody that's been vaccinated, really, if you want to be factually correct, would have to say no. Because they've been RMNA'd. They've been experimentally yeah. tested on with some kind of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, drug, RNA-changing uh, medication or whatever you want to call it. But look, it's not a vaccine. So everybody true. who claims they've been vaccinated are lying anyway. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, I love the discussion, Sam. I, I think it's a it's a great. I, you really you really make a lot of sense. And you know, I like to. In fact, the the thing I like the most, I think, from our discussion is the notion that let businesses and individuals solve the problem. Don't look to government for a one size fits all solution that we decide now and forever. You know, to let the government decide, that's, that's the wrong-headed thinking. We need to let businesses and individuals decide and just, you know, you know not, not, not look to government to solve this problem for us. And let people vote with their dollars and let people vote with their support or not. For example, this school that said, hey, we're not going to mandate anything. If you're vaccinated, you're not going to be working here. Well, right. You know, let, let those people flourish and let Americans decide individually and as a business uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you say, well, what about the huge businesses that just control everything? Well, half the reason we have monopolies in America right now anyway is because government has funded and protected them into this monopoly status or they wouldn't have got there uh, in the first place. There would have been too much competition in a real free market scenario. So uh, if you want to go there, then I'll just simply say get rid of all the regulations and government support and special privilege and grandfather, et cetera, and, and jettison all that and go to the free market and then we'll talk about it. Uh, so that would be my response there. Now, let's complicate the topic because you're on a roll here with a great conversation, Lowell. What happens when it becomes a finite resource there? Uh, now what happens? So go ahead and introduce this, but it's really the same topic almost, right? Yeah, it could, could be considered that. Yes, we're talking now about HB 150-150, Emergency Water Shortages Amendments. Uh, this is a bill... Uh, passed uh, the 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 House committee nine to two, and now awaits consideration by the full House, the Utah House. Um, this bill authorizes the governor to declare a water a water shortage emergency of up to six months, during which time <clears throat> water would be allocated in the following pecking order: drinking, then sanitation, then fire suppression. Then commercial agriculture, animal welfare needs, and then the generation of electricity. Uh, that's the pecking order expressed in this bill. Now, proponents say that the current law is worse. 
and that passing this bill will result in better law, even though this bill has some shortcomings. Well, I looked at HB 168 from last year, Sam, and it puts, quote, an individual water user, end quote, at the top of the pecking order. Whereas this bill, this HB 150 of this year, does not even mention, quote, an individual water user, end quote. So I disagree that last year's bill is worse than this year's bill. And I There's think we pros need to and cons to this. all the bills, but let's talk fundamental principles, uh, shall we? And then we'll decide. I want to just start out and say I don't believe that there's a crisis at all. Let's talk about it in seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. A massive 7.8 earthquake rocked southern Turkey early Monday, toppling hundreds of buildings and sending residents into the streets as aftershocks were felt across the region. Ziadon Sekir, geologist at Ankara University on the Turkish News Channel. They may take uh, up to six, one, one year, you know, the aftershock activity will not stop immediately. Uh, the size of aftershocks may be as, 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 as large as 6.5. Um, the epicenter was near the Turkey-Syrian border, and the quake was felt in several countries across the region, including Syria and Lebanon. Unfortunately, the death toll is very high at this time. There are so many large uh, uh, settlements uh, around this area, and the, the casualties, the number of casualties may um, increase, uh, uh, unfortunately. Officials are looking at a train axle failure on the Norfolk Southern car that derailed near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border Friday night. A fire continued to burn for days, and evacuation orders were given to residents. Trent Conaway is the mayor of East Palestine, Ohio, on CBS Pittsburgh last night. If you're in the one-mile radius, please get out. Uh, as far as catastrophic, it's yes, it could be very catastrophic if it would go up. Uh, so we're, we're just being overly cautious and getting everybody out. Defense Department officials are reporting they were able to block the Chinese balloon from gathering intel during its time over U.S. airspace. Also, the DOD says the military was able to gather intel on the balloon and its equipment. The balloon was shot down over the Carolinas' coast on Sunday. Beyonce on Sunday broke the record for the most awarded Grammy artist of all time with 32 wins. With her fourth trophy of the 2023 awards, the singer surpassed a record of 31, a record since 1998. This is USA News. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at babbel.com slash TNC. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. It's incredible. After using Babbel, I'm ready to start having real conversations in French. There's all kinds of ways to learn. Use Babbel's podcasts or games or videos. 
You can even join live classes with a language teacher. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Evidemment. Text radio to 64,000 to try Babbel for free. That's radio to 64,000 to try Babbel free. R-A-D-I-O to 64,000. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, and Sam Bushman, talking about some very complicated principles. What do you do when rights clash? What do you do uh, when there are finite resources uh, that seem to be uh, in concern? Utah HB 150 emergency water shortage amendments. They want to go ahead and change and prioritize water usage, and they think it's going to be better and this and that. And I got a question. Why does the government have to decide what the priorities are for water usage in the first place, number one? Number two, why do we think there's an emergency? We always think there's an emergency. They always operate under emergencies, Lol. Well, those who introduced the bill said, we hope this will never, ever be used. <laughs> That's how they started the introduction So let me stop the then and say it's not an emergency then, is it? Well, no. I mean, he hasn't declared emergency, but this I know, but if you're going to claim it's an emergency or you're going to uh-huh. use emergency water shortage in your discussion but say we hope we never have to use it, well, then you're saying it's not an emergency then, right? Or, you're, or you would be saying we have to use it, right? Right, right. There's a point that I'm making here is that what they want to do is they want to say, look, when an emergency happens, this kicks in. Yeah. But I'm saying we always want to use emergency to declare and to control and to claim more power. Mm -hmm. That's my problem is it needs to stop. I believe there are a few legitimate real emergencies, uh, invasions, one of them, uh, et cetera. Uh, A natural disaster may be one depending on. I don't think a water shortage is one of those. Um, because I think nobody's in threat of being able to drink water. I don't think anybody's in threat of being able to uh, even water crops if we go down to that level. I think where we're in threat of is the government running their sprinkler systems too long, or maybe we can't generate enough power. But again, who put the government in charge of generating power in the first place? See how we just go to government, government, government all the time? And that's what we've got to reject and stand against and educate. There are solutions without government here, Lowell. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what if Deer Creek Reservoir Dam broke, right? <clears throat> so all that water lost down the Provo Canyon and then not be available for all of the mm, consumers of that water. I mean, uh, Deer Creek Reservoir supplies, I mean, Wasatch Front with tons of water, right? And without that, I mean, wouldn't it be kind of an emergency? Yes, it would. And if that is an emergency because of a natural disaster, which I mentioned is one of them, now the question is, who should get what power in an emergency such as that? Should we just give the absolute power to the governor? Should we have the legislative body prioritize how, look, if we really had no water, are we going to be debating who gets to drink water versus who gets to use it for electricity uh, generation? you think we're really going to be debating that? Or do you think that will work itself out? Good question. I mean... I look at the uses of water right now. I mean, we sell, Utah sells water to neighboring states. 
um, right but now. That's not and in this list at all in the bill. I know it's not addressed at all. And so would we? And but I think it should be right. I mean, if we're if we're selling water and we have if, if we believe sudden, we need a bill to solve this, then it should be yes. I don't believe it needs to be because I'm telling you right now, everybody in the state of Utah, if we really needed water that bad, would put drinking at the top, or people are just going to die within days. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'd be debating generating electricity or selling water to another state if we really were in that dire straits for water. I don't think that would be even in the discussion. Hmm. Yeah, see, I worry that, that, uh, that we would continue to sell water to neighboring states, even though our own people were dying of thirst. I, I, I mean, look at the NSA data now, center. So let me Blood stop down. you there, then. If that's the case, they're so tyrannical that they'll mm-hmm. do that anyway. Let's say that you put drinking at the top, and they go, no, it's an emergency. The governor's in charge, and he's selling water to the other guys. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do that anyway. He doesn't care about the law. He didn't care about the law when he forced the clot shot on everybody. He didn't care about the law when he locked everybody in their home anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. See, we just want more laws on the books there all the time. That's always the answer, more laws. Yeah. The answer is to restrict the amount of government involvement in our lives and to do that we need to restrict the amount of money these clowns have and then we need to basically say look you guys need better things to do than debate all these things now don't get me wrong i don't mind a little bit of guidelines from the state legislative body to the governor to say hey if there's an emergency uh that we do these things i just feel like we're going way far afield not only do they leave out selling water to other states what else do you think they left out of this thing well, probably the lithium mining of the Great Salt Lake Basin, right? Yeah. I mean, there it takes like I don't know, a hundred. Uh, uh, I I don't remember the exact figure, but it's like a hundred million gallons of water to mine one ton of lithium or something. And because of all of the the salts in the basin there, they're going to be mining you know hundreds of tons of of lithium from the Great Salt Lake, and and so. You know that's going to take that's going to consume a ton of water, a lot a lot of water. Now, that's not discussed in this bill. It's not addressed. But right. I think those, so, but, if we but in my mind though, here's the question: mm-hmm. Who has a greater right to water, the individual family or the mining corporation? See? Yeah, yeah, the the, the family does. But are they even mentioned here? They're not. That's what bothers me about this bill. Right? I mean, if we're so going to have against a bill, the bill? Like, what's that? So you're against this bill? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, HB I, I, 150, we're I, against. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think that the government needs to be involved to this detail. Because then what we got to say is this. How much water should be allocated for drinking to whom? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. we got to decide that males need to get a little bit more than females, and then you'll get sued over that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to decide that adults get a little more water than children there. And a man who has to work to take care of his family probably needs the most water. Uh, but he's supposed to be the servant of his whole family. So maybe we should give him the least amount of water. And you see where this goes? We don't need government to solve it all. Now, the question becomes, what do you do to prevent a water crisis is the next question. Shouldn't we be focusing on that? Well, we certainly should. And... Um... You know, part of the answer there is to to live a, a righteous life, to repent and call upon God, because he's the one that governs weather. And, uh, you know, I, I, I counted a huge blessing right now, Sam, to be looking outside my window at the falling snow. 
and uh, to, to realize that we are like 200% of our normal water um, accumulation uh, for the year, the entire year, and, and we haven't even finished the winter season. So what a great blessing this is, and, and I, I thank my Heavenly Father for for this blessing of water. And truly, if we would, if we truly merit the blessings from heaven, then we should never fear a water shortage in our state ever. I don't think. Oh, so that's, that's number the one. quintessential point. So let me just say this. Imagine this. Imagine Sam Bushman's a super faithful, righteous person that obeys God completely. Now, I know that's that's far from the truth. I'm a, I'm a sinner like everybody else, but I'm just <laughs> making a point here. And let's say that they had a water shortage because the dam broke and it melted down. The government's all in there, control mechanisms, controlling everybody. But then I want to just put a bunch of barrels out around my house, and I want to go ahead and pray for rain. And let's say that the Lord lets it rain on my ground only. Mm-hmm. The Lord could do that, right? Yeah. Now I got a bunch of barrels of water. Now are the government going to be able to take my water? Yeah. Because well, they're... right now, by law, they tried to say that you couldn't even capture government rainwater uh, in your barrels. I remember the guy that ran... Uh, um, the Miller car dealerships or whatever else and stuff like that. The son, he tried to capture water to wash his cars, and they tried to tell him he couldn't capture that water because it was uh-huh. government water, not his water. See, and this is what I'm getting at. Back off a little bit. Let's not just give government more control in emergencies. Let's find out how to avoid the emergency in the first place. And it's not by saying this and this and this and this and this order or that and whatever. It's about qualifying for God's blessings. Farmers yeah. have done this for thousands of years without this bill, Lowell. Well, and that's part of the genesis of this bill, Sam. You'll be interested to know that commercial agriculture are the ones that are championing this bill. They're, they're the ones that were pushing it because they don't want to suffer damage. You know, like if there's a water shortage so that they can't water their crops and their crops fail, they, don't, they can't sell, they want to be held harmless, right? And so this bill appropriates $10 million into a fund, a revolving uh, loan fund, that basically, if, if, so if we hurt, so if a water shortage uh, happens and the agricultural farmer is hurt, so he, he, his, he loses his crops, then we will, the, the state will pay him money out of this uh, $10 See, now stop. Fund. Why would I do that? We don't have water, and I'm struggling to get a drink, and I'm going to owe the farmers money? Are we off yep, our yep. rocker, people? That's exactly what this bill does, Sam. It's just crazy. It's insane. Talk. It's insane. It's got to be stopped, my fellow Americans. When we get back, we're going to talk about minors, access to social media. Oh, we're, oh, man, these topics all run this incredible thread about liberty versus tyranny and who has what control when and who uh, can delegate what to whom, why, right? Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. 
They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9.6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Lowell Nelson with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about God-given rights, how much authority we delegate to government, and what the role of government is in our very lives, ladies and gentlemen. That's really what we're talking about, whether it's land and property rights versus your health rights versus your privacy versus water. Uh, relating to uh, all kind of things. Now, what about the media, Lowell? Yeah, social media in particular. There are two bills in the Utah legislature about regulating social media. One is Senate Bill 152, Social Media Regulation Amendment, and the other is House Bill 311, Social Media Usage Amendment. Now, these bills are nearly identical, but one started in the House and the other started in the Senate. <clears throat> These bills would require social media companies to identify children and adults in Utah and to store sensitive information about them. Now, Senate Bill 152 received a favorable recommendation in the Senate Business Committee last Wednesday. House Bill 311 received a favorable recommendation in the House Judiciary Committee last Friday. So these bills are on the way. I mean, these are going to be considered. They're going to be voted on by the entire chamber, and I am not excited about them at all. Utah Grassroots makes this comment, quote, we believe that parents should re regulate their children's access to social media as their best judgment dictates, and that government and businesses should respect parental wishes in this regard, and end of quote. So, I mean, and that's really the answer that I have. I think parents, this is a question for parents. It's not a question for government, and I'd like to answer that by asking the question, do I have the moral authority, Sam, to, pre to prevent you from allowing one of your minor children onto a social media platform? Right? Absolutely not, sir. No way. Then neither does the government. Why? Because the government cannot exercise authority that citizens themselves do not possess. So these bills 
by the way, are being pushed by the Biden administration to protect the children, as they say. But this legislation really is being pushed in seven other states this year because it is promoted by the National Governors Association, the NGA, which also is promoted by the World Economic Forum. This is this is a world, this is a globalist effort, and it's showing up right here in Utah, and it might be in your state, too. I know this, this Internet show goes all over the country, Sam. It might be in your state as well. They want you, as an adult, to submit your government-issued ID, which it connects you to a social media account, and that way they could then attach a social credit score to you because of your association with that social media account. It's another form of surveillance, Sam. It's, it's electronic surveillance, and uh, they want you to be tied you know, to a social media platform so that they can uh, you know, give you a score and control your behavior be, you know, just based on, on what you say on a, on a social media account or what your child says on the social media account. We need more people in the legislature voting no on all these bills, Sam. And I'm going to come right back to my statements all along this whole hour because we're talking about principles and we're talking about a theme. Why does the government think that they need to decide about social media and what social media private companies can do and what me and my family and my children can do? See, the government has no business even being involved in that at all. Now, if criminal activity happens, that's a different matter. See, there's already laws on the books. There's already laws in place. There's already uh, issues related to minors. Most minors can't get an ID until they're 16, for instance. Um, so all I'm telling you is that I don't know why we have to even have the government involved in this. Who comes up with this clown show stuff? <laughs> Good question, Sam. Well, the World Economic Forum in this case. Well, then we should certainly be rejecting it because the World Economic Forum has no jurisdiction in the United States of America, a.k.a. the Constitution, the supreme law of the land. Uh, and we need to protect ourselves from enemies, foreign and domestic. And foreign means the World Health or the World Economic Forum. Domestic means these bureaucrats that are trying to carry the ball for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Sam. But they've got designs for you. Now, speaking of electronic surveillance, Sam, do you remember our discussion several weeks ago about the 15-minute city in Oxford, England? <laughs> well, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a whacked-out thing. That's for sure, too. The Oxfordshire County Council decided to divide the city of Oxford into six 15-minute districts. And in these districts, it is said, most household essentials will be accessible by a quarter of an hour walk or bike ride, so residents will have no need for a car, no need for an automobile. Well, citizens of Oxford will be given 100 passes each year to leave their districts to go to another part of town, for example. And how will this be enforced? Well, by electronic surveillance, of course, electronic fences, license plate readers, surveillance cameras. Now, if you leave without permission, you will be fined, jailed, or both, and your social credit score will take an appropriate beating. Now, you don't, do you think this won't happen here? Huh. Well, think again. Utah is planning one such metropolis at the point of the mountain. It is called the Point Utah. And you can read all about it at thepointutah.org. I just looked over the website last night in detail. They want us out of our cars, Sam. Just listen to them gush about this. Quote, 
widely recognized as one of the most important economic opportunities in state history, the point consists of 600 acres of state-owned land that will be built into Utah's innovation community. The new community will foster innovation and technological advancement, provide parks and open space, support economic growth, and enhance Utah's quality of life. The first phase of development will serve as a catalyst for the site. Located at the heart of the site, it is reflective of Utah's vision. It includes a pedestrian priority area, a central park, a regional trail connection, transit-oriented development, a balanced mix of jobs, housing, retail, shopping, entertainment, and so much more, end of quote. Don't you just want to pull up stakes and move there immediately right now, Sam? Absolutely not. Now, it's called Utah's Innovation Community. That's how they want you to believe this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I just pray Utahns aren't socialist and communist enough to embrace it. But sadly, I bet they will be. Yeah. Here's another telling paragraph from the website. Quote, the point is owned by all Utahns. Because of this, Utahns will continue to have meaningful opportunities to participate in planning the site. We are committed to working closely with local communities, businesses, organizations, and other stakeholders to ensure the best outcomes, end of quote. Did you ever get asked about what you thought ought to be at the point, Sam? Uh, No. And if it's my uh, property, then I think we got to sell it off to private owners and give up the project. So uh, is is my vote able to uh, push for that? Yeah, I wish. To me, it sounds like the Plymouth Plantation, Sam. Government-owned property. Everybody owns this, this same property. Property held in common. And you know what happened at the Plymouth Plantation, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody almost starved. I guess there wasn't enough food. You want to know why there wasn't enough food? Because nobody wanted to grow food. You want to know why nobody wanted to grow food? Because they thought they were going to get a free ride. Oh, man, now we're almost back to the water discussion and the, every other discussion on the planet. <laughs> Same deal, folks. Principles are principles. You turn to God, not government, and things go well. You're self-reliant and hardworking, and, and you do your very best to be um, to live providently. And trust in God and things go well. You turn to government, you start to get lazy, and everything goes south. That's where they're headed with this uh, bogus idea uh, from the get-go. The sad part is it's well underway, sir. Oh, it began in 2014 and 15 and 16. They have a timeline of all the great progress. I mean, they're bragging about this on their website. But the thing that is, 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 is obviously missing from this whole point, this 600-acre stamp, not a single word about gardens and farm animals, right? And, and if you don't have gardens and farm animals, uh, you know, on private property, if, if you if you don't own those things, then how are you going to how are you going to grow your own food, right? And 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 your own you know meat animals. And and so to me, if you don't have those things, that means you're going to be dependent on government. You're going to be dependent on on food uh, distribution chains and so forth. And if you're dependent on all of that, then your destiny is not, in, you know, in your control, right? And, and so that means that they can control you. That means eventually government can dictate how much food you get, how much water you get, whether you're allowed to live or die. And uh, I don't know. Just To me, this is way wrongheaded thinking, and I urge all Utahns to reject this 
community of innovation. Sam? It's hard to know how to respond to some of these things because they are so just diabolically evil. And they're so far along that you're just shocked that we could even get there, right? <laughs> yeah. But look, Daybreak was a similar community, not as far along in the socialist plan. But it had a lot of the same principles. And this started with covenants uh, on your land. Well, by golly, we can't have Sam move in and build a shack on and near uh, Lowell's very nice home and stuff like that. And so it started out kind of a, a, this benevolent idea that's like, oh, man, uh, what we've done is we've gone, again, you give government an inch, it takes a mile. Uh, you give uh, socialism a little bit of room, and, and, and it just grows out of control. Most people are like, well, hey, I don't want, oh, well, you just take Steph Curry, this NBA player. Him and his wife have been promoting the homeless and the downtrodden and the needy and for a long time as their advocates. Well, now some folks are trying to build some low-rent housing near their mansion and they're rioting going, wait a minute, not by my house. <laughs> if that doesn't call the kettle black or, or kind of prove uh, the point of, um, you know, this, this uh, oh, what's it called? Um, critical... Um, let's see hypocrite kind of an idea i don't know what does and that's kind of where we are we've gone too far and we need cool heads to prevail and wake up but i don't see it i don't believe that most people are opposed to this are like wow that's an incredible new community but it'll be big money to join it too won't it yeah i imagine i imagine sam i mean you're going to know nothing but you're going to be happy that's what this community sounds like to me there's no way we can stop it, is there? No, it's well on its way. I don't know. I just uh, stayed on property. So how do you buy it? If they won't sell it, you know, can't buy it. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to live there, but uh, I, I bet oh, there will be a lot of people excited to be there. They'll move right in and think life is good. I've got everything I need within 15 minutes walk. And, you know, here we go. So. All right, really quick, give us a 30-second on Bill Gates. Well, we reported Bill Gates uh, saying bad things, criticizing the mRNA vaccines. Well, he's doing it now because in third quarter of 2021, he sold his holdings in BioNTech shares. They went from over a million shares down to less than 150,000 shares. He made millions and millions of dollars selling his shares of stock in BioNTech, basically the Pfizer partner for the, the, the COVID clot shots. That's what he did, Sam. Now he's bad-mouthing the mRNA vaccines, and uh, of course they should be mad-mouthed, but he didn't do that until he sold his stock and made millions of uh, dollars worth of profit, Sam. And you got to ask the question, what does he plan to abuse us with next, huh? God save the Republic. 